most competitive guy. I, I mean, I would throw on Michael Jordan, Isaiah Thomas, oh, yeah. Kobe Bryant. It's basketball. It can't be, you know, you, you can't overthink it. Hey, everybody. Welcome in. Another edition of King and Foster on NRM Streamcast. Tom Azaway sitting in in our studios in Farmington alongside Clarence Black, Jimmy King, uh, it's got something going on this show, but we got Terry Foster, T Foss, on the big screen. Yes, What's going on, T? Uh, let me see. Just made lunch for the kids. Yeah. Out, outside. I'm trying to think. Nothing else. I took my long walk yesterday, six and a half miles, and today wow. will be my short. Good for you. And you got the Wayne State representing Wayne, Wayne, representing the Tartar Warriors today. Yes, that's right. They're no longer the um, <laughs> charters or whatever. No, uh, this is the shirt I got when um, I covered Wayne State when they went to the uh, football Division Three. Yep. Uh, two uh, state uh, national finals. So yep, that was great. Mm-hmm. Coach Paul Winters and the boys. That was a, a great run. Great. Yep. And hey, all say- the games are on the road too. That's right. Hey, say hi to Clarence Black. He's uh he's becoming Jimmy Fa- Jimmy King today. What's up, T? That's all right. Nothing, man. Oh, We're trying to get you um on the show, man. <laughs> hey, look, I'm, hey, I'm so, I was about to ask you, like, man, ain't they not bringing you back? Like, you know, they no, brought we back push, Will we and push, Grace. We push for you. Hey, listen, they um so I did. I saw in the article where uh more my so I I hit up Rob right. I don't know if he told you. So I hit up Rob and I was like, hey, man, it's a great article. Thank you for that. Thanks for standing up, all this stuff. And uh, and I read in the article where it was Mort Meisner. And I went, well, that's a wrap. Because Mort Meisner basically told me, like, ah, I don't think you got enough talent for it, kid. Yeah. And I was just like, you know, and I told Rob, I was like, man, I, I get the article. It was great. But my issue, T, still comes back to, uh, and it's no disrespect to the people that got, like, I, everybody thinks that we're trying to say the people who got their jobs didn't deserve them. That's not it. It's just, look, if there's no diversity in the hiring and in the programming and those people making the decisions all look the same, then what's the point? Like, whoever they bring in, like, Mort Meisner's like, yeah, and I got, there's something good is coming. And it's like, okay, well, that's, that's, that's great, but why do you get to make that decision? You know what I'm saying? Like, why does Mort Meisner get to say something good is coming? Why does... Like I, so I just I'm I'm turned off by the whole damn thing to be honest with you, T. Yeah, I, I don't blame you. Let me tell you about the very first letter I got when uh, I was 25 years old, and I got a um, I, I, the free press hired me. Wrote a story. Whoever this guy knew I was black. He wrote the very first letter I ever got as a journalist was, "You're taking a job away from a deserving white guy," and I'm like, "Wow." You don't even know what I'm about. You don't know what my career is going to be like. You don't know what ideas I have. But I was taking a job away from a white guy. Man, that pissed me off. Man, I was like on the job for like two days. I'm like, damn, this is messed up. Who wrote you that? I don't know. Some fool. I get. I get. I got letters all the kind all the time, man. This is some person that read the free press. Knew the I only- was black, and some white guy should have got my job. The, uh. the only thing that pissed me off about it was in the article, it goes on, you know, Meisner goes on to say, Mike Villini, despite no sports, continues to deliver great ratings. And it's like, bro, it's not about like this whole idea that somehow you want to take away from somebody like I, nobody's I'm not, no, I, I don't want to see anybody get screwed over. I mean, but if your intent is to diversify, you guys got to work that out. 
Hey, like, their whole their whole you know? crew has gotten bang up uh, reviews. I mean, they, they're leading the league in again. I just read the other, I read the other day that they they won they won this past book again. Okay, so they're, so they're dominating. They're all right. doing great. You just want to get in on the party. That's all. Man, I I, I, don't I don't know if I want to be a part of that, man. I don't know if I in, in what capacity. First off, there's no spot for me. Who are they gonna throw me with? That I want that I want them to throw me in there with Valenti. That ain't gonna work. He don't deserve that. I mean, if, if he's killing it on his own, like, and that's the thing. Whoever you bring in, man, what are you, what are you telling the guy you're bringing? In? Where is he going? What are you going to give him a seven to nine spot or whatever? So, and then who show. is it? Wait, then the other kid, um, was it uh, Bogan shoots or whatever? Yeah, he's Bogey. on. He's on TV now. Yeah, he's been doing that on the side. Okay, but that's yeah, my point though. Opportunity opportunities don't flow. Opportunities never flow properly in this town, man. Never. Right. You're in the club. You're in the club. You're in the club. You're in the club. Like even on that side, he gets he gets let go from ninety seven. Like let's say, yeah, he was doing it on the side. But again, man, like say whatever you want. I'm he just only like, filled in, by the way. It's but, a he's a fill in. But, but again, man, it's still an opportunity that somebody said. You know what? No, him. That's the thing. Somebody has to be the person that says no. You. But he's got the look, maybe. But, the look that they're looking for. But when you have people like when you have diverse people sitting in positions, they're gonna go, Well, man, you know what? It it goes back to what they were saying. Like if you don't have college presidents, college presidents aren't gonna hire black athletic directors. Or black presidents are gonna be more apt to think outside the box. If you're a black college president, you might say, you know what? Man, I got I got ten athletic directors. You might pick a black one. And that black athletic director might pl- pick a black head. And it's not about anything other than properly segmenting out opportunities man and giving everybody a crack at the title if if and if and when it's available go ahead terry yeah i mean look at hollywood hollywood is dominated by white folks you know they're liberal white folks whenever but uh you could go years without a black person being nominated for something without them winning and um i just know that our you know, our, our viewership and what we enjoy is different. Um, I, I saw a, um, it wasn't a poll, it was a ratings book. White people and black people. Top 20 show, there's on, there was only one program that white people and black people agreed on. Maz, do you know what it was? The Cosbys? Nope. Seinfeld? Seinfeld? Nope. <laughs> nope. I didn't watch Seinfeld. Okay. Uh, Monday Night Football. Oh, man. How could I not have picked that? That was the only, only show. If you want to call it a show. Wow. But, uh, you know, we think differently. Uh, you know, we don't think that diversity is important. At least not enough people know, think it's uh, important enough that – People think the only reason you get somebody black is just to get them black. No, you think of a different mindset. They have different ideas. They approach things differently. And what you do is you get all these. I always compare journalism and and radio should be like a bowl of soup. When you get soup, you don't just put water in and a bunch of carrots. You put in carrots and peas and beef and seasoning and everything. And you let it all blend together. And that's what that's the mentality I think we need to take in uh in, in in radio and in journalism. I mean, radio as far as diversity, that is the that's the worst thing in the whole world. 
radio has never been diverse. Um, you know, when I, when I covered events and everything, every radio guy was a white guy. And I, and I don't mean white women, it was a white guy. Uh, and, and, it, and Mike and I, uh, when we did Blending and Foster, uh, we started now 17, 18 years ago. We're like one of the only shows in America where there was a white dude and a black dude doing a show together. And 25 years ago, that would not have been allowed. And that's not that long ago. So it just shows you where we are as a society. Another thing, 97.1, I don't think they're going to be hiring anybody any anytime soon because they're laying people off, asking people for pay cuts. So this whole diversity thing, I don't think that's going to be solved anytime soon. Well, they might add, you know, they could add a show, Terry, and, you know, and not have to pay you that much money. I mean, people... People will take take that gig for not making much money. You know how radio is. Guys that make know, money, they, guys they, that they, make they, money they, are shown the door. Guys that aren't going to make money are, are welcome back in. Yeah, but they're laying off people who are not making money. And CBS Radio doesn't own ninety seven one anymore. I know. Intercom. Right. And they and they're uh, losing a lot of money. They don't want to lose anymore. They're going to um, lop off people before they add anybody for any price. Well, and the Tigers and Red Wings deal is coming up, and there's a decision to be made. I hear it's between them and WJR, to be perfectly frank, and put it out there, and uh, we'll see who gets them this time. WJR used to be the king of sports back uh, when I started, uh, and Mm -hmm. they gave up sports because of a a bad decision, and uh, that's how the ticket basically was born. They took those... Well, 1270 took them, and then morphed into 97.1 later on, but We'll see if they take on – that's a lot of money to put the Tigers and the Red Wings on, and especially at this time of our lives, when's the next game going to be played? When are you going to start making money? Yeah, that's true because you got to sell the ads. But the thing is, with the Tigers, Lions, and Red Wings, to a certain extent, you can make money if you have, that, if you have those rights. So you may not make a lot of money, but you're going to make money. Uh, Pistons – you're not going to make money on the Pistons. but um, So I don't think that's why they, – they don't care if they have the Pistons or not. Those That was kind of a loss leader. Uh, but, um, you know, who knows? Yeah, COVID has really messed things up. So, And, and maybe J.R. is going to get a couple teams besides the Lions. Right. T-Foss, it seems like – and we were talking about this on, on our earlier show, like – Specifically with the Redskins and and the Native American um, nicknames and you mean you know, the Red you, Tails? <laughs> <laughs> and it, you know you mentioned Hollywood and, and and the Me Too and it's like in 2020 now everyone is leaning toward the demand for people to get on the right side of history. One of the funny things I I heard uh, you know that, uh, one of the actresses was talking about the Me Too movement and she said you know to your point about Hollywood being male and pale was they'll throw a, a damn near 60 year old Tom Hanks as the male lead and then give him like Amy Adams, who's 30 something years, his, his junior, but they won't give that role very, very seldom will they give that role to some, you know, an older actress because there's just a popular thought that, you know, the younger, you want the younger starlet, the, and, but it's okay. It's basically, it's okay for the male to age well in Hollywood, but not the, not the female. Actress. That's always been that way. You know, but it, people are just demanding they get on the wrong, the right side of history. 
Um, you just think that's just the climate we're in now as it pertains to the Confederate flags and statues and, and Me Too. Like people are just basically saying enough is enough with regard to everything. Looks that way. I, I, I think we've hijacked what this movement is all about. You know, when, um, you know, when we had the, uh, the death in Minneapolis, the first thing we got to do something about uh, police brutality. We got to do something to hit to to kind of heal the wounds between police and the black community. We got to make the black community. We got to uplift the black community. We're not talking about that anymore. Now we're talking about tearing down statues. We're talking about changing names of uh, sports teams. And I don't hear anybody saying. Let's make the schools better. I don't hear anybody saying let's provide more jobs in the black community because this whole movement has been hijacked. And uh, I think when it's all over, we're going to be in the same boat that we were in before. There's not going to be any redskins and um, some of those Confederate flags uh, and statues are going to be torn down, to which I say, so what? You listen to King and Foster on NRM Streamcast. Terry Foster, uh, Jimmy King will be joining us later. Clarence Black sitting in, Tom Mazaway as well. Uh, You're listening to NRM Streamcast, and uh, we continue. But, Terry, I think it's going to be different this time. I truly do. This new new group of people, this new, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm I'm, uh, the baby boomer. Then there's Generation X. So this, this new generation of people are demanding that, things change. We failed. Nothing has changed, really, in our lifetime. Maybe it's gotten a hair better and a a little bit better the next time, but not much. I think now, because of all of this, I do think you'll see change, and I I want your opinion on that. I disagree, but you know what? Two weeks ago, I was with you. I thought there was going to be change because I thought there was going to be a concerted effort of saying, okay, Black people have it rough in this country, or many black people have it rough in this country. Um, we we want to make some change, and that's what that's the, that's what I heard. But now I'm hearing other things. I'm hearing the other side says, "Well, you black folks have too much." Um, I'm hearing, uh, "Well, let's let's try to fix this thing." But we're not fixing the root cause of why is life for many black people tough school system is messed up nobody's talking about that um you know you go into for instance my old neighborhood if you go over there and you want a job within like a two or three miles of where you live good luck with that that's not happening there's no stores no restaurants nothing and i just remember when i was a kid there was a furniture furniture stores there was grocery stores, but those are all burnt out and people haven't replaced them. Um, My son here, now we're in the burbs now, as you can tell, we've got my nice little backyard (laughs) here. He can walk a mile and and put in an application for like seven or eight different jobs if he wanted to. So it's, it's just a different, there's more opportunities outside of Detroit than there is in Detroit, unless you're downtown or midtown. And a lot of black people don't go downtown. They don't go to Midtown. They say they don't feel comfortable down there uh, anymore. So um, I'm just saying, it's just, wow. we need to get to the core. How's that education system? You don't need to go to school with roaches and rats and um, 
you know, textbooks that have fallen apart, as opposed to when you go to the suburbs, they're going to get a quality education. Um, I, I'm convinced that the opportunities that my kids have now, if I was living in Detroit, it wouldn't be there. My, my, my daughter would not be at Stanford. My, my son would not be going to Michigan State. Uh, you know, we'd be pushing them at home. But still, and, and the other thing, we got to get rid of the mentality in the black community, then education is wrong. Black kids get made fun of for reading. They get made fun of for getting all A's. We're in the suburbs, you're praised for that. So we as a society need to change our mindset as far as the treatment of black people. And that includes black people too. You know, black lives matter. You know, you only think about black lives matter when um, the police are shooting an unarmed black person. But black lives don't matter in the black community because you listen to the songs, kill a nigger, kill, you know, do whatever, do all this kind of stuff. We don't respect lives in the in the black community either because we'll just go shoot people up, just shoot out, shoot up the houses and everything. So we all need to a new mindset. And I don't hear the talk of changing that mindset. So even though I mean, you know, Maz, you might be right, the intentions might be there, but I don't think the execution is gonna happen. Go ahead, Clarence. No, man, he's it that's that's it. And that's the tough. I told a friend of mine the other day, man, I was like, you know, Terry, one of the things we're dealing with right now is CBS is, uh, you know, all the black survivors in the, in the wake of this George Floyd thing, your point about distractions. You know, everybody was talking about, uh, you know, change and, and historically on Survivor, there would always be one or two black people, like one, maybe one black male, one black female or vice versa. And so one of the things that we were talking about was over the years that that feeling, man, when you step out to play a game like that and you're black and you look around and you're the only one and like you already feel like you're at a disadvantage because it's just you. It's you and them. And and their point is just, hey, demo, you know, we just we base it on demographics and yada, yada. And we're like, no, it's a game. And in 2020, you should be able to turn on Survivor. And if half the cast is black, it shouldn't matter, because if you like Survivor, you don't care. You just want to watch a good show. And. One of the things that came out of it is people are talking about, well, and CBS says, OK, well, what do you guys want to talk about? And there is this basically what amounts to like kind of a civil dispute between the older black castmates and the newer black castmates about. I mean, this is the dumbest shit, Terry, I've ever seen, man. We like arguing about, well, what do we want to talk to CBS about? Because the younger people are looking at it from one perspective and then the older people and by younger and older, I'm talking about just like like being on the cast and so one of the things i said is look black thought is not monolithic i think differently from terry terry thinks differently from the next part like we you aren't going to sit us down and get one unifying overall thought and i think that's also the challenge that that people have is they want us to all kind of be in lockstep and they're not and when you are not lockstep man then you start throwing out uncle tom and the name calling comes so he's a hundred percent He's 100 percent right. I don't have to agree with people like Candace Owens, but I, I I I will preserve her right to have independent thought, even if I don't agree with it. And it's like, man, I tell you what, boy, you think di- if you think different than the populace in the black community, they will be on your ass. On, I mean, I mean, own it like public enemy, it's number done, one, yeah. social media like you when you don't agree 
with the people out of, I always joke the black mafia in Atlanta, Terry. I was like, all black decisions come out of Atlanta. I don't know. It's an invisible mob, but you don't agree with Atlanta. That's your, man, that is your ass. Well, Terry, Terry's gotten in trouble and he's told us stories before when he says, oh, we're going to Hawaii. We're doing this. And what yeah. what do the people in Detroit yeah. tell you, Terry? I, I, I couldn't even, parents, I couldn't even take <clears throat> my wife to Hawaii. Here's what I was told. Oh, you have all that extra money? You should, uh, you should have given to some causes. You should have done something to the black community. You should have built uh, whatever. And I'm like, it's not like I took my girlfriend to Hawaii. I took my wife to Hawaii. And these two old black dudes, man, they got on my ass so bad about that. <laughs> because um, you know, we flew, that we'd stay there for a week, uh, used some Marriott points, and we stayed at the Ritz. But, you know, it's, it's, it's a double standard. I mean, you have to live in Detroit if you're black. You can't use extra money to have fun if you're black um to me that's that's just ridiculous um but when i was a kid i mean i have all kinds of stories you know we couldn't play hockey we tried to play hockey we got you know they they're on the ass about that um you know when i when i talk about um i don't care as much about the confederate statues as getting an education or yeah. getting jobs i catch shit for that too but my whole thing is, how were, how is my race going to be better at the end of this? Because yes. everybody's woke now. At least people are listening. Uh, a year ago, two years ago, five years ago, if you brought up black issues, white people didn't want to listen. They do, they do like this. So now they're at least listening. So while white people are listening, we got to make some movement. We have to make some strides because who's, who's to know when this is going to happen again? Damn. That brings me to my other point. When I drive to downtown to go to Comerica or to go to Little Caesars or whatever, Ford Field, a lot of times I'll take Gratiot. You know, I'm I'm in the St. Clair Shores area, so nine mile, and I go up to Gratiot. I take Gratiot instead of taking 94 a lot. Yeah. So you're driving Gratiot, and as you get further down into Detroit, like you said, Terry, there's no stores open. Yeah. There's nothing going on. Everything is burned down. Then, God forbid, you look down the streets – one time I took a friend. They wanted to see where they used to live. Let's go to my old house. It was bad, man. Yeah. It was terrible. That's the forgotten part of Detroit. That is, that's most of Detroit is forgotten about. The only thing they cleaned up was the downtown area and the midtown area around Wayne State. Until they get all this other stuff going, we're not going anywhere. I, I agree with you. But, Terry, I've sat on some. So I was, I've been a part of some... Um, development meetings i've been a part of people that were trying to there's this there's a section and i don't know if it's like that now but terry downtown on jefferson from oh man i think dickerson to like alter road right yeah. right the gross point border with the exception of that marathon station that's right there on the corner of uh alter and i think jefferson yeah there's no place to get coffee now, mind you, you've got hit. That's a historic area because you've got, I think, what is it? The old church is it uh, East English or Hope? One of the, I forget. I don't remember the name. But the point is, is that you're talking about an area, a, a large like area where you can't. There's just no coffee. But they've cleaned it. They've cleaned no, that they've cleaned Jefferson it it's, area. It's, it's, up. it's by the old Algiers. That that strip there. When you pass the Algiers, there's no place between Dickerson though and Alter Road. So you're talking about damn near to Gross Point. There's no place to get coffee except the gas station. Black people drink coffee. But when I was talking to the guy, 
and I was talking to him about, you know, we're talking about the, the, the ups and downs of trying to put businesses, retail businesses in this area. It was, okay, I'm not going to put a business up for the storefront to get busted out. Yeah. Or to have it get, you know, robbed or to have it get. Panera's you know, not moving in there. Is and what it's you're one of those things, man, where I don't know if it's the chicken or the egg, Terry, or what comes first. But to me, like the community has to say enough is enough. If the com- I, I don't want to go someplace where I got to lose money um, and hope that my people take care of me. I got to hope my people don't bust out my windows or hope my people don't rob my customers or hope my people going to look out for me. Or, uh, you know, I mean. There's a big joke that there's a there's a sections of Detroit where there's a church and a liquor store and a barbershop on every every block has the same stuff. And it shouldn't be that way. But at the same time, man, to me, the community, the community, it's it's a sacred pact between the community and the business owner. Mm. And until that until that pact is solidified, then I don't know how we're going to go back, Terry. Like, I just I, I don't get it. You know, there, there is one spot where you can get coffee between this, and it's called the West End, and that's off of Jefferson. But you know what's happened in the, in the uh, West End? G- gentrification. White people moved in. The rents have gone up. They got, uh, they. in fact, there's a there's a couple really nice coffee shops right near there, and, um, and, and they're pretty nice. But it seems like if you can convince white people to move into an area, then they're going to up the rent. They're yeah. going to put coffee shops in. They're going to do yep. things like that. Yeah. And so that's, that's what they're able to do. Hey, man. Great talk. We got more coming up. Jimmy King will join us on the other side. Terry, hang where you are. You're in a good spot. Clarence, thanks for joining us. Yeah, man, always, man. Thanks to Angel yes, and sir. David behind the glass. It's King and Foster, Tom Azaway in our studios at NRM Streamcast. Stay tuned. Stay tuned.